This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and we have no Gavin DeGraw today. We have no Rick. We have no Dimitri. But we have the one and only, the legendary Mr. Ryan O'Dowd with us, riding shotgun. What's up, Ryan? Oh, it's it's so refreshing to trim the fat and just have the two of us right here to eliminate the dead weight and allow the cream to rise to the top. And here we are, Brooks. You are in Idaho, I believe. Is that correct? I don't know. It's very don't. cryptic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in Idaho. You are in LA. That is correct. You have quite the growth on your face right now. So have you, uh, judging by the looks of you, you've completely given up on life and <laughs> don't care how you look to the outside world. Is that accurate? I am social distancing, my friend. It does not matter what I look like to the outside world right now. Um, but honestly, dude, up in Idaho, this would be like a junior beard. This would be like a starter kit beard up here. The boys up here run some long beards. Like they're like four or five years deep on these things. So I'm way behind. Have you grown that out longer than that during the NHL like playoff days? No, this is the longest. This is the longest I've ever had my beard. I'm keeping it just to see where it goes. Who knows? I've trimmed it a couple times, like trimmed it up because it was getting wiry and bushy. Um, and just like, just ridiculous looking. Uh, but I trimmed it up a couple times. But I don't know if I've ever seen you with a beard. Do you have to be clean shaven for work? No, I don't. I just don't want to ever look like you. I choose to um, try to portray an image of someone who cares about themselves and not someone who's given up on life. And <laughs> I mean, it's quite the look. You you look like the Unabomber in many ways, which is <laughs> interesting. I don't even know what he looks like. Um, your hair is very wafty right now, though. I hope I hope Danielle took a picture for our Instagram. Oh, uh, I did. Don't you worry. To put, I, you could put him up and put a side by side with Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura because he's got that part with the big waft going to the other side. It's very, um, it's uh, it's a pompadour. It's a pom Look, look. This is. I am a casualty of the quarantine and the, the COVID stay at home lockdown where you can't get haircuts. So we're just, we're growing it out and this is what it is, you know? Okay. I like it. I dig it, dude. Um, by the way, are you, so right now Ryan and I are doing this phone call on Zoom. Are you standing at a stand-up desk? Cause I see you wiggling. It doesn't look like you are in a chair. I am at a stand-up desk. You are in a chair uh, as to be expected. That is a, beta move on your behalf. I'm an alpha, of course, who chooses to be in a dominant position as you and the betas sit down behind the desk. I stand, uh, and yes, here I am at a stand-up desk. I bought this when we were all sent home for the quarantine, and I, uh, yeah, it's fine. So I, I love you, man. You're, you're hilarious to me. And here's the thing about alphas is alphas never have to tell people they're alphas. Everybody can sense that the alpha is the alpha. But when, when somebody starts talking that they're the alpha, it means they are trying to prove something and alphas don't have to prove something. Brooks, let me tell you something. A wolf does not concern himself with the opinion of sheep, okay? <laughs> I know, you put that on my post the other day when I said some, some wolves lead sheep and other wolves lead wolves. <laughs> um, 
But it's good to see your face, man. I haven't seen you for a long time. Um, and today's discussion, we're going to get into sex and quarantine sex and whether or not people are feeling sexual during this time or feeling not sexual during this time. We have a special guest coming on with us as well. Um, but I want to leave it up to you, brother. The, the topic of this is kind of you wanted to share your story with what I'm in Idaho, so I don't have much to say about this. My wife's back in L.A., I mean, not much of that going on right here. Um, but I want to leave it up to you and share your story with how it's going for you. You wanted to open up and um, discuss what your personal relationship was like during this time, because I know for a lot of people, it's been very difficult. Yeah. And by the way, I, I will share where I am. But just because you are in isolation in Idaho and Julianne is in isolation in L.A. doesn't mean you're off the hook. I have questions for you as well. Sure. So I will begin. Uh, Look, it's, it's more of the same for me in the sense of like what I've always said, the struggle is, um, is making time for one another. And there's no, no, no greater challenge than now when you have no childcare. So you don't have school, they're all closed. Our um, childcare, our nanny who was part-time, uh, she has three kids of her own and we've all tried to do the socially responsible thing, which is to stay home and keep the circle closed. And, and I'm also trying to work a full-time full -time job remotely. Uh, so really we're, we're in survival mode. It's, it's almost as if we're in the same position we were when we had our second child, which is like, unfortunately your sexual uh, desires are kind of put on the back burner in many ways to just trying to navigate the, the rigors of a daily uh, routine and that that begins for us at 4 15 in the morning one of us is getting up because our our six month old is has been waking up at like 4 30 4 45 so we have to get up heat the bottle uh and then it it continues on until we put them down around 6 30 6 45 at night so you're on for about 14 hours and we're trying to trade off and i'm trying to carve out time during the day to give my wife a little bit of a break and um, all that is to say that unless the two kids miraculously are taking their naps in a similar time frame and there's some sort of overlap, there's really no option to, to, to have sex with one another. And, and I know I'm going to get crucified saying you have to make time. What about at the end of the day? Yes, I will tell you, Brooks, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. When we finally put the kids down, that is the time that technically we could be intimate with one another. But reality is this, we are so fried by the end of the day, once yeah. we finally put the kids down, we literally every day high five one another and hug each other and we're like, yeah. oh my God, we did yeah. it. And then we have a cocktail, we have our dinner, we watch Tiger King, and by the end of that, we're ready to go to bed because we gotta get up at 4.15 the next morning. So it's really like, um, it's it's easier said than done. It's not to say that we haven't had opportunities and, and capitalize on them, but it's it's not uh, it's not easy. Yeah, dude. I want to first off, I want to commend you for sharing because that's real talk. Like that's what we want to do on this on this podcast is have real discussions that that don't tiptoe around issues and we actually dive right into them. So I want to commend you for sharing that. And anybody who out there would be wanting to crucify you for saying that, I mean it's it's real life like it's 
And another thing that you said in there is like, if they do miraculously take a nap at the same time, you're still working a full-time job right now. So are you in a meeting? Can you get away? Are you on a Zoom call? Are you doing this podcast? Are you busy? Are you distracted? Are you working on something? For all of those stars to align, to have a little brief period like that, I mean, you might as well buy a lottery ticket almost. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I empathize with you, man. Kids, like I just have a dog and a dog is a lot. Um, I can't imagine for people that don't, haven't listened to the show or are new to the show, you have a six month old and a two and a half year old, right? That's right. Yeah. And so being at home, working a full-time job, trying to help your wife out. Your wife is looking after the kids all day long. You're trying to help her out. I can imagine you guys are just exhausted by six o'clock. Like, yeah. And you, you can't take the kids anywhere too. There, there's nowhere you can go. So you're really confined to your home. And, you know, Amy has said to me in Amy's perfect world, she says, well, what, what about when you put the kids down? Like you can't have sex then? It's like, yeah. Okay. Amy, I guess you're right. Like technically we yeah. could, as I said to you, like, go through an, a, one of our days of 14 hours being on, 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 dealing with all that. And like, you just get to the point where you're, you're now, you're hungry. You haven't had to have a meal, get a meal all day where you sat down without a kid hanging on you or responsibilities that you were trying to like adhere to in the middle of your meal. So there's something refreshing about just sitting next to each other on the couch and turning on an episode of something. Uh, and and just relaxing. So, yeah. okay, buddy. Well, for you, my friend, to help with this issue and help everybody out there, everybody else out there with this issue, um, we have a special guest for you. Oh, exciting! Special guest, going to solve all of your problems, brother. I would like to welcome to the show, Miss Stephanie Wolf. Stephanie, are you there? Hi, guys. What's no, up, guys? I'm, I'm, gonna not, I'm so short. Hold on. <laughs> I did your show a couple of months ago. Remember in the uh, over at the hotel? Yeah, buddy. It's good to see your face. So we have Dusty and Stephanie Wolf with us today. Um, and it's Dustin, you, you, what's that? Steph. Yep. Okay, got you, Steph. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Dustin was on talking about the rocket. If you guys listened about the rocket uh, a couple months ago, we aired that show, um, which Ryan, you weren't there for that one. So I'd love for you to like uh, probably listen to it. But like Stephanie, could, or Steph could talk about it more, but the rocket to give you more stronger libido. Um, but Steph, we would like to get your insight. You are well known in dealing with um, correcting sexual health issues and hormonal imbalances. Um, you're the CEO of Novus Anti-Aging uh, Center, but really we're, we're having a discussion about why people in general, and Ryan just opened up and, and shared his story, why people in general and why Ryan, why we may be struggling with lack of sexuality, sexual drive um, during this really wild and chaotic time. So I'd love to get your expertise on what's going on with us, what's going on in the world, why are we... We now have more proximity to our partners yeah. than ever. And why is that actually leading to a lack of sexual drive? Well, you know, it's funny because I'm seeing both sides of the story right now in my clinic. I mean, we are still open a couple days a week. Okay. And, you know, one of it is this is very stressful. This is the most stressful event 
that we'll probably ever go through in our lives, like in our lifetime, if you actually think about it. So, you know, people are losing their jobs, right? And they're not making any money. They can't pay their rent or their mortgage. They don't know how they're going to make ends meet. And so a lot of that stress is going to be placed on a relationship, right? And so when you have that kind of stress on a relationship, sex is the last thing you're thinking about for some men, whereas in other men, they actually, they have a higher libido, higher sex drive. They're, you know, more horny is what I'm hearing when they are under a lot of stress. So it's interesting because you do see both sides and that's really for anything. If you think about it, I mean, that's, we're all human here, but, um, you know, all the stress, besides all the stress and trying to figure out what what's coming up next as far as, you know, nobody knows when we're going back to work. We can all speculate. And, you know, nobody knows what the economy is going to look like when we come back to work. Of course, mm-hmm. we speculate. And just overall health and wellness, right? So this is the time where, you know, people can actually start cooking at home and enjoying each other and playing games, you know, actual board games. Remember those? Like back in the day, board games? <laughs> I just played a new one the other night. Uh, uh, By yourself, Brooks? No, Zoom. Uh, Thank God. Um, question for you. So, uh, Ryan, let me ask you this. So I would say that I am, looking at that question, I would say that I probably would lose my sex drive when stress ramps up. Yeah. So, goes up I would say I probably my sex drive would go down yeah um that's just what I feel right now in the instance of this conversation Ryan what do you think you would be in if stress goes up would your sex drive go down or up I'm surprised that you say that Brooks because you look very horny right now so you could have put it us I don't have a lot of stress right now <laughs> that's hilarious uh, I would say when stress goes up yeah the libido like that all goes down because it's, it's the last thing on your mind. You're in, as I said, you're in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, that's, that has nothing to do with survival. It's about like keeping your family afloat, which is more important than your sex drive. But it's interesting that you say that because if you think about survival mode, right? Survival mode is about planting your seed. Yeah. Right. So that's why some guys actually have that higher sex drive. It's like their natural release of kind of getting out, you know, their angstiness from it. But what would would you say the percentage of guys whose, whose libido goes up during stressful times and what percentage go goes down during stressful times? I have to imagine that more, there's a higher percentage of men whose libido goes down when, when there's high stress in their life. I would probably say, uh, quite honestly, probably 75% of the men, their really? libido goes down. Yeah. Yeah. And if you kind of, if you think about it, right, you know, everything is, or your testosterone, let's, let's kind of talk about sex drive for a second. So sex drive actually comes from testosterone production, right? Mm-hmm. Your brain, your brain is actually responsible for triggering this cascade of events to tell your body to make testosterone. So, you know, one thing I'll tell guys is if you start affecting the way that the brain works, like for instance, taking antidepressants, anti-anxiety, anti-eleptics, all of those things are disrupting that communication in the brain. 
So if you disrupt the communication, you're no longer triggering that cascade of events to make testosterone. And, you know, there's two ways that we make testosterone. One is through the adrenal glands, which adrenal glands are responsible for secreting cortisol. Cortisol is our stress hormone. Mm. Wow. Second way is through the testicles. You know, if you think about where testosterone is being made, right, it all comes from the brain. And from the brain, it's going to go to the adrenal glands as one side, and then it's going to go to the testicles for the other side. That's how you guys make testosterone. So if you think about the brain first, right, you've got to have that cascade of events that actually trigger all of this. And so if you're stressed, what's going to happen to your serotonin levels, your dopamine, norepinephrine, right? All the feel-good kind of hormones. And then the adrenal glands are responsible for making cortisol. And cortisol is your stress hormone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're stressed and your adrenals are, you know, working in overdrive, they're going to plummet that cortisol level. And then you're no longer making that testosterone from that side too. Mm. So it's all kind of connected if you think about it. So here's a question for you. Um, I believe in men, our testosterone levels drop during the course of the day, correct? Correct. And that's why as athletes, we generally train earlier in the morning. Our testosterone levels are higher. You have more energy, more, more power output. You get a better result from the energy you put into your training. Yes. Um, and that wanes over the course of a day. That's why most, uh, almost all professional sports train early in the morning. Um, testosterone levels are highest. Now, is it, would it be advisable with that? to try and prioritize sexual connection to have sex romance earlier in the day rather than waiting till eight or nine o'clock when our testosterone, just by nature, by science, our testosterone levels are lower? Yes. In fact, what I tell my guys is that you're making all your testosterone while you're sleeping at night. So number one, if you're not sleeping correctly because of stress or, you know, whatever the case may be, then you're not accumulating that testosterone. So yes, your testosterone peaks first thing in the morning. This is going to sound really crazy, but I live by it and I swear by it. We had little kids who are now grown, you know, they're adults, but when they were little, we would actually set an alarm and we would wake up an hour early in the morning so that we had time for us in the morning because that's when we're well rested. Number one, you're not thinking about anything and his testosterone is the highest. Don't forget about us too, though. I mean, we make testosterone as well while we're sleeping. So we. And is that the same? So are females are they the same as men? So it coincides that yours is as high in the morning. Yes, okay. exactly. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So, kind of same idea. I'm trying well, to. I have a question uh, for Brooks and Steph. You, I'm curious if you can help him or help weigh in on this. Which is, Brooks, um, to recap, is in isolation and quarantine himself in his property in Idaho. Julianne, his wife, is in LA. So Brooks, how have you been managing being apart? How are you remaining connected? Are you uh, are you Zooming? Are you having phone sex? Are you just helping yourself to yourself and rosy palms? Like, what are we, what are we dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> um, so to be honest, my day, I wake up at probably 5.30. Um, my dog is up, I'm up at five 30. I'm, and I have a quick bowl of cereal or eat breakfast, something, whatever. And then I've been out in the yard at like six 30, seven o'clock every morning. And I've been working on my property for the last three weeks, 
and I work from about 7 a.m. until about 5.30, 6 p.m. And just like, I have 10 and a half acres up here. It's Idaho bush. And I am just like cleaning this place and giving it love that it's never had in the six years that I've owned it. And just like making it like building rock walls, cutting down trees, clearing brush, all kinds of stuff. And by the time I get in from that, I am, and then I cook supper because I'm here by myself. So I'll cook supper. And then at like eight o'clock, I put a fire on and I'm exhausted, man. Like it's, it's probably the same as what you're feeling, Ryan, when the day is done. I am freaking exhausted. And at that point, like I do not have a lot of sexual charge. Like truthfully, I just, like I'm exhausted. I'm toast. All I'm thinking about is like, let me just mindlessly watch something for 30 minutes, <laughs> and go to bed and wake up and do it again. So when you wake up, though, when your testosterone is at the highest, mm -hmm. you you immediately get outside into the Idaho bush, and that's how you enjoy. He gets your rocking and rolling. Yeah, to be honest, I would say in this time during this quarantine time, I mean it's different because I'm not. I, I don't have proximity to my wife right now. I'm not right in the same room with her. But I would say that. Wow, it's also just a focus of like what I'm doing here, what I have going on in my life that my sex drive right now wouldn't be at its peak. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, but I, I'm thinking about this, like, why do, going back to what we spoke about earlier, Steph, like when stress comes, why is, like Ryan was talking about, you try and make sure your family's afloat, try and, like, it's such yeah. a primal thing, sexual energy. Why is it something that we so easily cast aside? Because our states and our moods after having sex and having a connection like that are probably as pure and as beautiful and energetic as ever in our lives. So if we live in that state all the time, yeah, we would think that life would be better. But why do we cast aside that, like just kind of like this, when stress or anxiety or or things come, even like a yard work project where I'm like, why do I not prioritize that? And why is it so easy for men to just kind of push to the back burner? Quite honestly, I believe that this is kind of like a society thing. I don't know why, because like you said, when we do have intimate relations and, you know, we're able to release, we get this like euphoria sense, right? We get all these hormones that are going, this like antidepressant, anti-anxiety, helps with our sleep, helps with our mood. So I feel like if we could just be reminded of that and you know, I, I try to talk to my patients like that. I want you to remember how you feel when you have that connection with your significant other, your partner, whatever, and remember how good it actually feels. And so it's almost like you're going to have to combat yourself and what, you know, society or what your brain is saying, because we're constantly in this, like, we got to move, move, move. We got to do, 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 right. We have this like laundry list of things that always are going to prevail over sex. And mm -hmm. so I think that we need to take a step back and just remember that sex is very important for a relationship. Not only that, but it's very important for your mental health. It's very important for all your good hormones. So you almost have to like every day, put it in front of it, you know, and say, okay, we need to do this first. Like this has to be done first. It's like prioritizing really, right? So it's, it's like going to the gym. So you know that you want to go to the gym because it makes you feel good. Yeah. When you feel good, you look good, you perform better. So you prioritize that, right? There's a time slot that you go to the gym every day because that's your routine. Mm 
-hmm. You have to make sex a routine. You have to prioritize it. You have to put it in front of something. So and how knowing, do we, yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you out. How do we go about doing that? So for people that are quarantined at home right now, together, couples that are together. Yeah. Like you said, you and your, you said you and Dustin used to set an alarm and wake up. Like what are some examples other than that or more along that lines that you are aware of that maybe some of your clients, people you know are currently implementing in their lives and actually having better sex or better connection with their partner than ever before? Yeah. Well, and you have to remember too, I understand people have, the kids are home right now right? Like the kids never leave. So there's a lot of people that are having that restriction of, I don't know what to do. So you do have to set your alarm because the kids aren't, they aren't going to leave. We're in quarantine right now. What about like Ryan shared? He wakes up, at, him and his wife wake up at 4.15. That's, that's a thing. Oh, I didn't hear that part. So, I mean, I think it's all great in theory and everyone can crucify me for being the negative naysayer guy. Fine. I'll own that. I think I'm the most real of anyone. Uh, yeah. And by that, I like we have a six month old and two and a half year old. The six month old has been waking up at like 4.30. So we, my wife and I have been alternating at like 4.15, getting up to heat the bottle to then go get him. Because if we let him cry longer, long after he wakes up, then his, given how close his room is to my two and a half year olds, he'll wake him up, which will mean our entire day with the two and a half year old is a complete nightmare. <laughs> So we're waking up at 4.15 and just do the math on like, well, but, but there's also science that says if you should try to get eight hours of sleep, because if you get seven or six or less than that, then your day is less impactful than it could be. So there's all these things that you're juggling. And my point is like, what are we going to set our alarms for 3.30 AM? Is that going to be something that we're going to like wake up thrilled to do? No, it's absolutely not. So uh, has the thought crossed my mind of like when our two and a half year olds taking a nap, mm -hmm. having the six month old, like in a baby Bjorn chair things mm -hmm. in the room, but facing the corner and us having sex with him with earmuffs on looking at the corner. Yeah. The thought has crossed my mind. I don't think I can live with myself. If I do that, there'll be emotional scarring. I think eventually, <laughs> but that's the only solution I've come up with. Yeah. And sometimes you have to get creative like that, to be honest with you. You know, it's like, I even have patients who they lock themselves in their closet, you know, <laughs> for like the 10 minutes that they need. But that's something that, you know, we have to do this. We have to have this connection. So we got to just figure out how to make it happen. And, you know, nobody's looking for marathon sex, right? Like this is just a part connection. We're just looking for that connection so that we stay together and so that during this quarantine time, because that was one thing I was thinking is, okay, quarantine is going to make or break a lot of relationships, right? Because now we're stuck at home with someone that you didn't like in the beginning and there's no getting away from it versus I, I am madly in love with this person and now we're stuck together with the kids in the house. How do I keep that connection so that we don't get, you know, drive each other crazy? And mm -hmm. so I really think that it, the sex is important. You have to make it a priority. So you know, if, if your thought process is turning the baby around <laughs> and staring at the wall for 10 minutes, then so be it. The baby's not going to know what's going on, you know? So you guys just have to prioritize. You've never heard what sex is like in our house, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> it's called quiet sex. <laughs> oh, you guys. Um, question for you, Steph. How many times do you recommend that couples be having sex per week, 
while in quarantine? Like, um, how many times do you think pe most people, most relationships are? And how many times would you recommend that people make this time? I love that you asked that question because that is like the number one question for everybody. How much is too much? How much is too little? What's the norm? And there really isn't a norm, right? So you have to remember that whatever, because you might be highly sexual, but your wife may not be, you know? So for her having sex once a week or twice a week, but for you, it's four times a week. You guys have to negotiate a good number together. You know, everything's a negotiation. So you have to please her. She has to please you. I honestly think three times a week is normal. That's average. That's about typical. Okay. Yeah. But Steph, if you like, in Brooks's case, if you had to have sex with someone who looked like Brooks, like a complete Neanderthal right now, would that three number maybe go down closer to one? Because <laughs> it would be unbearable to lay on top or beneath something <laughs> that looked like that. You are so kind. Yeah. <laughs> a sense of possibility. <laughs> you know what, though? That's why I have blindfold. Just blindfold me. There you go. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's funny, Ryan? Half of, like, I'm getting all these messages a bunch of people are like shave that effing beard and then a bunch of people are messaging i love the beard keep it going it's kind of split 50 50 um maybe but, uh, like two trolls in their basement have complimented you everybody else <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about a little a topic that i don't know if we've we've i don't know if we've used the term staff on this show mm -hmm. ever but um we talk about it quite a bit the term is sexual wellness. Yes. We've never used the term sexual wellness, to my knowledge, on this show. But we've talked about sexuality a lot and how being sexual isn't just the act of having sex. Right. There's so much more into sexual energy than the physical coming together and action of sex. That's um, true. What would be your definition of sexual wellness? And how can people practice sexual wellness that might then kickstart or lead to actual more connection and more sex? You know, I, I think number one, I, I heard this actually from a patient today. Um, I asked what her goals were and she said, I just want to feel sexy. And I think that's a, that's a big statement from a lot of women out there. If I'm speaking specifically to women, I want to feel sexy, right? Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you do to feel sexy? Well, first of all, you have to look good, right? So a lot of women just kind of feel frumpy, like they're moms and, you know, they're a little bit overweight and, you know, maybe they're just, they don't feel confident enough. They don't have that self-esteem. So what does that look like to you? Is that, you know, taking care of yourself, going to the gym, it's eating right, you know, limiting your alcohol, all these things that kind of give you the self-esteem part of it. That's number one. And that goes to say for men too, right? Because I have men that come in here that feel the same way. They don't feel attractive. And that's like, that's the number one thing I always hear is like, I just don't feel attractive. I don't feel sexy. Well, why not? Well, I don't exercise. I don't eat right. I smoke, you know, I drink alcohol at night. Well, let's start working on that first. That's part of sexual wellness, you know? And then the second part is, well, let's take care of you and your hormones. So I can't tell you how many women that I see, and this is now again, women, where they'll come in and, you know, they're going through menopause or they're having menopausal symptoms and, you know, they're having like a dry vagina or, you know, they just, uh, they're, they're moody, whatever the case may be. That's all hormone related. Just like the men, same thing. 
men will come in here and they'll say things like, you know, I can't get a morning erection anymore, or, you know, I'm, I'm losing my erection during intercourse. That's all hormone type related. So it's, there's so many little aspects to sexual wellness. It's like, let's start from the beginning and work our way down. Right. So it's always going to be your hormones. It's going to be blood flowing and it's going to be your brain. Start working on yourself, self-esteem. Well, you know, what's interesting real quickly, Brooks, about that is like, I think that is all really helpful information, but what makes it um, interesting to me is that we're in a situation now with the quarantine of it all, where so many of those things are unable to be satisfied. It's a conversation my wife and I had a few days ago, which is like, yes, you and she was saying like, she wants to feel good and like part of connecting with one another and having sex is like wanting to feel good. And, and when you're in a position where you're, she's like, I I haven't showered. Like I showered yesterday. I think like I, you know, we're trying to keep these two kids alive and like you're losing your mind in many ways. And she's like, I don't feel like sexy right now. I'm, I'm like trying to get a five minute shower just like with one of our kids, like, or two and a half year old pounding on the glass, like it's not relaxing and you're not getting dressed because why, why would you get dressed? Because you're not going out of the house and you can't go to a gym because the gyms are closed and there's all these things that like you can't. And she, her point was like, she's like, I haven't gotten my haircut since we had the baby in October, let alone colored. And she's like, my, look at my roots. Like, I don't feel like myself in so many ways. And then you got the COVID 15, which is the 15 pounds you're all gaining because you can't leave the freaking house. And we're all losing our minds, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love Ryan, Steph. I love it. First of all, now I'm going to burst your bubble. All excuses. Those are all excuses. Yes. Gosh, darn it. Yes. <laughs> Take a shower, first of all. Help I don't her. have any pants on right now, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Help her so she can take a shower. That's number one. So take a shower every day. Get ready as if you're doing something every day, right? Don't laze around in your you know, pajamas or whatever. And that even goes to say with like someone with little kids. Trust me, I've had little kids. So I understand you know, what that means. You have to kind of like, do your normal routine, get into a normal routine. No, you can't leave the house. Doesn't mean you can't do something at the house. You know, you can always do like a jump rope or you can do push-ups, sit-ups. There's exercise you can do around the house, you know? And it's just kind of, I think for you specifically, like just telling her how beautiful she is, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter what her roots look like. And it doesn't matter that she's got the 15 pounds. Like, that's not, you know, it's what's inside that's attracting you to her. And I think it's just, that's how you guys are going to stay connected is this, that kind of loving relationship where you just, you tell her how much she means to you and how amazing she is to you. And she's beautiful and, you know, you want to be with her. So I think if you start, you know, um, kind of making sex important between the two of you, she's going to feel sexy because of that, because she feels wanted. Yeah, and, and for the record, she has not gained the COVID fifteen. She <laughs> is more diligent than ever at like eating healthy and you know all of that. I have said, as a loving husband, I am gaining the fifteen so as to look exponentially worse, which will therefore make her look exponentially better as compared to me, which is me being selfless. Yes. You know yes, I like that. I really lazy. like that. <laughs> yes, that uh, works. 
What about this, Steph? What I want to ask you this question. Do you think that the the over proximity is leading to less sex drive? Like when you think about a partner, when you meet this person, you can't see this person enough, right? Yeah. Like you just want to spend every second with them. You're just absorbed, consumed by them when you meet this person. So now why why in this time, like does being around a significant other actually turn like would that the proximity being around somebody so much actually turn you off sexually to that person? Yeah, it could because you think about it. You know, they're they're all up in your business twenty four hours a day, and you know you're you kind of start getting a little annoyed with them. You know, they get on your nerves. Their little their um, quirkiness comes out, right? And then you kind of start thinking like, I knew they had that quirkiness, but it wasn't accentuated until we're sitting on top of each other. So I think it's just remembering and reminding yourself why you fell in love in the first place, right? And that, yeah, I, I actually, I was attracted to the quirkiness. So mm-hmm. that quirkiness is okay. It's just accentuated because we're all just sitting here. And yeah, you look a little dirty because maybe you haven't showered in a couple of days. Let the record but I still... Brooks, <laughs> when she said you look dirty and like you haven't showered, she was looking directly at him. This was awesome. <laughs> Yes. I have to go back and look at an old photo to remember. Oh, yeah. Like, I believe, like, my wife and I both travel a lot for work. We're here and there, especially when I was playing hockey. So, that when you miss somebody, that really ramps up the, the sexual desire and the craving. And the like lust for somebody. Yes. So like Ryan, you and your wife are both at home right now. Um, do you ever go like more than five hours without seeing each other or two hours? Like, do you ever just say, I'm going to be like working from here and I don't want to see you or to try and create that attraction again of missing each other? Like, is that a possible thing that couples could do? Yeah, now, absolutely. I mean, like I, I don't practice that to answer your question because the ability to lend a helping hand like is more valuable than saying I'm going to peace out for five hours, but this is for us. Trust me. <laughs> Don't do that. Not with a newborn. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of any ways to help our community, to help people that are going through this. Um, Ryan, do you remember we had Leela yeah. DeVille on I- our podcast one time? Yes. Sex expert, um, sexologist, just very, she was, very helpful. She now hosts a podcast um, for iHeart called Intimate Knowledge. And she ran a poll on her with her community the other day on Instagram. And seven out of 10 people said they felt less sexual during this time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It blew me away when I saw it. I'm like, wow, like people are actually really struggling yeah. with sexual connection at yeah. this time and trying to dig to the root of that. Like, really, what is that? Yeah. I think it's, it's all the things that you're kind of talking about. It's, you know, basically all being on top of each other, right. In this house, 24 hours a day, but kind of like what you said, Ryan is, you know, this is the time that we come together and we're best friends. Right. So it's like, I'm here to help you. You're here to help me. Like, let's do this together, especially with the, the parents, you know, with kids, it's, you know, you don't want the parent that's like, I can't take this. I'm piecing out. You need the parent to kind of like step up to the plate. 
like we came to this together. We're going to be best friends. Like we're going to get through this together. It's like knowing that you have that person, you know, that you're rock that you're um, counting on, you know, I think that's going to help these relationships. Yeah. So. Um, so for people that haven't one more question for you, um, yeah. I don't want to take up all your time Steph. Okay. Uh, but I appreciate your insight for people that are rocking and rolling or people that aren't, yeah. uh, can you, and people that haven't listened to our episode about the rocket, can yeah. you share how this magical device that you can purchase and have in the comfort of your own home can actually lead to better sex? Can you talk a little bit about the rocket again? Can I just tell you real quick? Oh, you have one? That we just got our first hundred delivered literally an hour ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wish guys. So I don't know if you can. Can you see as I open it? Yes. I wish our community could see this. Can you pull it out and Hold show on. it? Because Ryan yes. hasn't been able to see it. it, it guys, it looks like it's like Christmas. Yeah. I literally feel like Christmas right now. Look at that. <gasps> okay, okay, so, so it's a miniature spaceship. It's what, like 10 inches it tall? It's a spaceship, yes. Um, yeah. So basically, this is using um, sound waves. So for those who don't know, it's called uh, shockwave therapy. And shockwave therapy has been around for over 20 years, and they use it on musculoskeletal injuries. So knee, shoulder, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. That's how it all started. And the idea is it's not a shock, it's a sound wave. And the sound wave is creating micro trauma or, you know, a little damage underneath the skin layer, the, the cellular layer. And it tells your body to create new tissue. So it's repairing old tissue, giving new tissue and forming new blood vessels. So they are now using this for the treatment of erectile dysfunction, as well as sexual performance and payronies. And it's been on the market probably for the last 10 years as shockwave therapy in medical clinics. But you would have to go to a medical clinic to get this treatment done. Yeah. So Dustin and I, a couple years ago, you know, we were just, we felt really sad because nine out of 10 guys that would call our clinic number one, couldn't afford to come in and get it treated. Yeah. And they lived too far or they were just embarrassed. You know, they didn't want me to treat them. So we thought we had to do something where we can give these guys this treatment in the comfort of their own home and get rid of all those factors. And so that's when we designed the rocket. So we are in our, or we were in our 27th uh, prototype and we did clinical studies in the office and um, we're now, we're at market. So yeah. yeah, super exciting. Um, I know it looks kind of crazy, but I did a video. Everybody gets um, these little, like it kind of tells you there's a website where I demonstrate how to use it. Yep. It's very simple. Um, but again, it's all about creating new blood vessel formation, which feeds the tissue, which helps regrow the tissue. And just again, sexual wellness. It's taking care of yourself. Right on. There you go. So Ryan. Break out that credit card. I know you have a ton of money. Order one of those right now and overnight that to your house. Yeah. So while you're quarantined and you can't do anything, let me help you Perfect out. Timing. Perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank you so much. Thank you for what you've given our community. I hope people struggling with, with uh, sexual health issues right now got some value from this. Um, and where can people connect with you? Where do you hang out the most? 
um, if people want to get in touch with you, A, about the work that you do, or B, about the rocket? Yeah, so um, my clinic is the Nova Center. We're in Studio City, California. Um, more than happy to help anyone. You just uh, can email, call, any one of those. Yeah. Um, as far as the rocket, it's getmyrocket.com. And that gives you all the information that you need to know. There you go, Ryan. Just make that your home page. You guys make time for each other. Be nice to each other. Love each other. And remember why you fell in love. Yeah. Okay? Beautiful. Thank you so much, Steph. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> so there you go, Ryan. All your problems are fixed, man. Steph was great. She was great. Uh, yeah, are you going to get a rocket? Should I get a rocket? Should I? Hey, um, I'm really interested in it. It's actually a really interesting device and it's backed by science. So it's, and it only costs for uh, listeners that haven't listened to the previous episode we did about is I think about 750 bucks. So maybe uh, tell your wife a little Christmas gift lineup for you, a little birthday gift coming up. All right, guys, this is producer Danielle jumping in. Um, one, I have a comment. Uh, Brooks, keep the beard. Women yes, like it. Sorry, sorry Ryan. Thank you so much. <laughs> you definitely are losing on this one. I will do a poll on the Helmet Think Instagram to see if they like Brooks with the beard or without the beard. Yes. Um, but I wanted to bring up a topic with you guys because I've been discussing this a lot with uh, some girlfriends. And I brought it up with my husband just to get like the male perspective. And he was, well, I'll save his response. But I have, I've had a couple of my girlfriends that have reached out to me and they're like, so, um, these years are th these like you know, this year and next year, we're supposed to be the years that I'm traveling with my husband before having babies. But now that we can't do that, I think we're going to just go for it and have a baby, like, or at least try to have one because what else will you do right now? Like we're all in quarantine. Let's just have sex and have a baby. And my initial reaction was, what the hell? So I think I have a I have a remedy for them to cure them. I put them on a FaceTime call with Ryan and they will be shut down. Their sexual libido will go to the floor. That's such a good idea. <laughs> I am the poster child and the the poster voice of birth control. Yes. Okay. So then here's my question. If if uh, the women in your life came to you right now and were like, all right, let's, let's try for a baby since there's something else we can do. Are you guys in or are you like, eh, I think we might need to wait till we're done with this COVID-19. Not in for that reason. That reason is so bad because who knows? It, it could lift in a month. It could lift in two weeks. Just because you have nothing else to do right now, that's not a reason to bring a life into the world. You can still have sex without having to create a baby. Like the world is going to come back. The economy is going to open up. Travel will open up again. Maybe it's a couple months. Maybe it's six months. But yeah, have a like. I don't. It's not like I don't foresee us being on lockdown for the next four years, where it's like we got nothing else to do. We might as well have a baby for four years. Like. As soon as these people, if they try and have a baby right now, as soon as they're actually having the baby, the, everything's going to be wide open and opened up again. And now they're going to be pissed because they're not able to travel because they're like, we're about to have a baby. My wife's eight months pregnant. Would have loved to go to Turks and Caicos, but can't now because we can't fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the hope, right? 
I mean, I would say a couple of things. The first of which is Brooks touched upon it. It's like, we have, we're bored. What else do we have to do? We might as well have a baby. It's like, no, you can still have sex. You don't need to pull the goalie. Just have sex and don't have a kid, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's point A. Point B, from a male perspective, in terms of how men think, how I always thought prior to finally committing to saying like, yes, I think it's time and I'm ready to have a baby. I wanted to know I was secure in my job and like financially secure to bring another life that was going to, that I was going to be responsible for. And it, in today's economy, when we're about to enter a recession and people are losing their jobs and everything's uncertain, I, as a man would not feel comfortable committing to bringing another life in that I am going to be financially responsible for when I could lose my job tomorrow. That's a big, big consideration. And the last thing I will say is a conversation my wife and I had the other week was like, so we've gone the opposite way. It's not, we were like, so do we, should we try to have a girl? And we both looked at each other and was like, we should get you a vasectomy. Like I am already looking into getting a vasectomy because this has created a world in which I cannot fathom a third child. I am going to lose it. So this is, this is quarantine equals vasectomy. Do you know that there's a national vasectomy day? It's when March Madness begins typically because all the guys stay home to watch the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the first round. Yeah, like radio stations in D.C. when I was playing there, they used to give away a free vasectomy heading up to that so that the guy could get it and then he could just sit on the couch for the next two days with an ice pack on his groin and just watch college basketball. I'm targeting next March. What would you target right now? Like, what would you target? I mean, I think like this, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this has led us to the conclusion, like vasectomy is the way to go. We can't have another kid. This is too much. Really? hundred percent. You don't think like this might, when you go back to work, when like the kids are, you know, you don't have a six month old, you have a two and a four year old, you might be like, yeah, I'd like to try for a girl. No, I'm already giving away everything we have as soon as they reach that milestone and surpass it. Now, you want the crib? You want this walker? Take it. We're done. <laughs> I'm done. It's over. Okay. Okay. Well, you got a beautiful, healthy family, so you're very well uh, lucky. Yeah. Um, it sounds like we should do a podcast when Ryan gets his vasectomy. A, oh. live, a live podcast so we could get the play-by-play. -play. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Danielle, can we ask Ryan about the Instagram comment that's got Ryan fired up? I mean, I think he should just take it away. He has a lot to say. Okay, I'll read this comment, Ryan, and then you can rebut what this was said. Um, this was written on our How Men Think podcast Instagram. Should I say the list, the, the person that wrote it, Danielle? Let's keep him anonymous. Okay, here's the question. Why does Ryan not listen to anyone? <laughs> He is so negative. Having kids is hard, but it seems you make it so much more difficult than it needs to be. You can find help so you can go away for a weekend, look outside the box. I used to work in a daycare where the room I was in charge of had 12 babies, three months to 16 months, and there were three of us. That's one adult for every four infants, and I never had so much fun. Dot, dot, dot. Ryan, Unfortunately, we are a podcast, so this listener who commented in that way cannot see 
my eyes rolling into the back of my freaking skull as I hear that comment, because it is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And I will say thank you to all those listeners who have come out vocally in support of me uh, and my openness and my honesty. Uh, there are many of you, the Ryan supporters and loyalists, thank you to this one single solitary contrarian out there who came at me in this way. I would say, sit on your thumb and rotate because I have news for you. You may work at your daycare, but at the end of the day, you go home to relax. And this is 24-7. And you with a couple other daycare employees watching the, these kids, like, I'm sure it was a lot of fun, but then you went home to your more normal, balanced life, I'm, I, I think. So I don't buy it. I think it's like, it's all fine when there's an end in sight and you can go back to your, your less than chaotic life, but this is all day, every day. What if she has kids? Let's say she had two kids at home. Then what would you say? I would say also, I, I think your kids act differently for you and are more prone to having temper tantrums and things when they're familiar with you, as opposed to teachers or people that are looking after them at a daycare. They're much more um, respectful and they're much less likely to, they're far less likely to act out when your own kids have temper tantrums because they're familiar with you. So I, I don't think she's considered that either. But these these kids were three months to sixteen months. I don't think they have that ability to decipher. Oh, dad's not in the room. I'm going to act out. Or dad's in the room. I'm going to act out. Okay, so they're three months. So they're laying on their back and sleeping half the day. Congratulations. How difficult was that for you? You didn't have a two and a half year old to counterbalance the three months old three month old to lay on their back all day and sleep. Like that's the point. I'm dealing with a two and a half year old too who wants to run around who wants to hit the six month old in the head, who wants to go outside. She's dealing with a bunch of three-year-olds who sleep 75% of the day and the other 25% take a bottle. Congratulations. Brian, <laughs> I have a question for you. Does your wife ever say like, try giving birth to our kids? Like, is, does she ever like say you need to be quiet? No, she, she we're in this together. She's like, this is, chaos and that's why we legitimately high five at the end of the day and hug when we've put the two both of them down at the same time because we finally conquered the day and we're she doesn't look at me like i'm some extremist like she feels much the same way that this is an exhausting time for us and we'll of course weather it and we'll come out the other end and we'll laugh but in the moment it's it's tough I think at the end of the day, everybody has their own experience. I've had many friends who thought like labor was a piece of cake. And I've had other friends who were like, that was the most traumatic experience of my life. And it's the hardest thing. I think it's all relative to how you deal with it. I don't know. Everyone has their own experience. Yeah. And, and also like we have friends who have girls and, and from our experience, girls are much more, um, calm and like we'll look at some of our our friends kids that are girls and they'll just like sit there and look around like a little wallflower and like smile and like two our boys are just like flailing needing to be held wanting to be entertained like it's there's no just like sitting around chilling okay ryan you have the toughest life in the world 
I'm not implying that. And again, I don't want to come off as polarizing to the many Ryan loyalists that are out there. I don't want to alienate myself. I am just, as I said, I'm trying to be real and not sugarcoat anything and tell you how I honestly feel. So if that's offensive to other people and they think I'm out of line, so be it. Don't listen to me. I do appreciate that, Ryan. I do appreciate that. Um, I'm on a work thing. See, need something. We'll shower later. He needs to shower. See, we need to shower now. It's three o'clock. Does he need to shower now? We shower. We shower together, and I can't even shower alone anymore. Well, buddy, I'm sending you a big hug. Sending you love, man. I hope I, I don't even hug men that look as unkempt as you, but I'll take it. <laughs> Why is it all about looks, Ryan? Why isn't it about my heart? Your heart is hollow and black and hardened. Huh? No, it's not. What? But thanks, buddy. Honestly, Ryan, I think there's a lot of people out there that are really struggling. Um, homeschooling, um, the stress and anxiety level, you know, are people, what are the economic conditions? People are business owners or their job. Are they going to keep it? Are they going to lose it? Um, just a lot of going. And then also the health concerns, concern about your family. Maybe uh, your parents, you know, my parents are in there. My dad's in his late 60s, just a concern there. Um, so a lot going on in the world. And just all of our listeners, we want to send you guys love and support and hope. Uh, if you're in a time of despair, just sending you guys hope. So same to you, buddy. You will make it through this. Thank you. And Brooks, I think what I took from the interview with Steph is that tomorrow morning when you wake up and you're horny, help yourself to yourself, pal. But you oh, deserve it. You've earned it. Before you yeah. go outside, just just take care of yourself, okay? Right. Put me number one. <laughs> Put me number one. Um, anybody else, Danielle? You have anything else you want to say on this one, or we wrap this um, one? I think we're we're. Uh, I think Ryan needs to give his son a shower or a bath. Um, so let's wrap this up. But I do want to tease that next week we have um, we're planning something fun. We're doing a fun test that um, mm. or. Um, experiment, I guess is a better word, um, that involves a Zoom call. So stay tuned, guys. So we haven't even told Ryan about this. He doesn't even know what this is. Actually, I do know. So <laughs> I'm always in the know, Brooks. We, you're lucky we even told you. <laughs> I see why this person said you are so negative um, on, the, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm I'm team Instagram hater, like right here. Meaning you support her. <laughs> I support her. You're anti-Ryan. Okay, good to know. <laughs> it's Ryan versus the world, man. Everybody in this world is extending you an olive branch, and it's just continually Ryan versus the world. I'm happy to take that on. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem it. <laughs> That's it for this week. Uh thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Tori. Uh Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you sharing, and hopefully that helps our community. And thank you to Steph for coming on. So to everybody that listened, thank you so much. Sending you love and sending you hope. Hope your family and yourself, you're keeping well, staying safe, staying active. Uh, until next week, Ryan, take care of one another. Love one another. And we'll see you back here another episode of How Men Think. <laughs>